Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert, top of the key, jabs right, puts it on the deck with the left, gets by Ibaka, to the rim, two-hand hammer. Rudy, don't do me like that. Gets it back from O'Neal left side, finds Favors at the top. Now trying to find Donovan, backdoor cut, Donovan going to the window, he packed it! Oh, he did it with a little filth, with a little nasty, with a little Donovan! Donovan bounces it back to the corner, it's Mike Conley, right corner, three, There's David Locke on the call. Highlights from the last time the Jazz played the Clippers. That was early in the year. Jazz won that one. They meet again tonight. 8 o'clock. It's back-to-back. Two games, three days. They'll play again Friday night. Well, many people will play. Some will not, and some are questionable. Paul George, Nicholas Batum, or as PK likes to call him, Nick Batum. They are out. No Paul George, no Nicholas Batum. Batum has a concussion. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is questionable, and Mike Conley is listed as questionable. As he comes back from the hamstring, uh, Kawhi Leonard some kind of lower leg injury. I don't know what it is. Well, I've been questionable for 18, for 19 years now, and I've shown up most of the time. Oh, you've been day-to-day, but you haven't been questionable. Uh, many I expect my, you there, so there's no question. Many of my takes have been questionable. That's a different thing. Even when I'm there, though, I'm questionable as I'm playing. <laughs> I always think you're going to make it through, though. One of these times. Well, one of these times, maybe not. Jazz game night, the pregame show at 7 o'clock. Uh, first tip at 8. If you What's had to guess. Tip? Uh, they don't do the second tip anymore. <laughs> so, well, you said first. <laughs> right. Well, there used to be a second tip at halftime. They used to tip every quarter. Now they just tip it off to start the game, and then, you know, there's a jump ball along the way. So the second tip is is random, if at all. Which I think is stupid, because I think you should bring the captains out and flip a coin. That wouldn't be bad. If you just flipped a coin and then alternated possessions, I could live with that. Well, then you defer, and you have the referee give the safe sign. And now you're overthinking it. All right, Mike, Mike Conley questionable. Because he's been out, does that make you think he's going to play? Because i got to say with Kawhi Leonard, I don't think when I hear questionable, I don't think he's going to play. But Conley, I'm kind of leaving the door open. It doesn't matter to me. What, what difference does it make? Because I, mean, I want to see him play. Point. I want him back in the lineup. But, but you, you will see that. Tonight? It's not like he's out. He hasn't retired. Uh, I know he hasn't retired. Thank you, Captain Obvious. You're questionable. So, <laughs> I don't think that – but in terms of the game – it doesn't matter. You have to play the game. You have to try to win the game. You've done that very, very well. Yep. And I was thinking yeah. about this. I was thinking about this last night watching the Nets. And then they had the big comeback, obviously. We'll get to that. But this is one of the benefits. We keep hearing, well, you know, they don't have the true elite superstar. As if it's a negative. Actually, it's not a negative. Because it's a positive. We've seen a number of guys be out and miss games here and there. Not substantially, but on a limited basis, they've missed games. And they haven't missed a beat because they don't have this true superstar. So when the true superstar isn't there, then it doesn't matter if he isn't or isn't there. Because you're more of a team of a collection of guys that are helping you win games. So whether Mike Conley plays or not has no bearing on whether they win or lose. That's a good thing. That's not a negative thing. On a limited basis, if he's out for 20, 30 games or like Bogdanovich in the postseason in a series, that's an entirely different situation. I'm talking about games here and there that all teams go through. And the Jazz so far have had not a whole lot of injuries, knock on wood, but they've had some, some issues. I would re- I would label them minor, but yet they haven't missed a beat. So this idea that, well, you don't have that true superstar shouldn't necessarily be viewed as a negative. It should be viewed as, well, we've got enough dogs to be able to win the game. So whether Conley plays or not, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think all that's true in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you get to the fourth quarter of the biggest games and you need stars. Possession after possession in the fourth quarter of the biggest game, it's usually the stars that get it done. For one possession, plenty of role players have hit big shots. So if it comes down to one possession, you don't necessarily need the star. Uh, but Who's hit 
big shots outside of Ori and Kerr. Who you, who's your go-to guys? Ori and Kerr. <laughs> you knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Give me John Paxson. Yeah, John Paxson. There's another good one. John Paxson and Kerr are the same guy. It's a good they point. are not. They are not the same guy. You're questionable. To MJ, they are. Who's today? He's 58 years old today. I, I would go beyond that that one possession. I mean, the one possession could be no, with two or three point. minutes I'm just, left. I'm just playing. I'm playing yeah. with you. Yeah. But you're right. When you get down to the final 10 seconds, then that's that's pretty much the list. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Murray's quickly across the timeline. Throws it in the paint to Jokic. Layup is up and in. That's 43 for Nikola. Ingram bounce feed to the cutting Williamson. Left baseline, two-hand throw down. Look out. Below. He is dead last percentage-wise as the king goes baseline. Look out below. Lillard will bring it back the other way. He crosses over and drives. Goes up off the glass and banks it in. Harden straight on. Three on the way. God! Oh, James Harden has led them all the way back. Nets take a two-point lead with 29.8 seconds to go. The Nets pull off their biggest halftime comeback since they joined the NBA in 1976 in the ABA-NBA merger. That is a long time ago. 45 years ago. They were down 75-54 that 75 points and a half. I mean, you are giving up some points. And yet, they were able to come rolling back from a what eventually was a 24-point deficit. They did it without two of their big three. James Harden played, but uh, Kevin Durant had a hamstring injury, so he was out. And Kyrie Irving had lower back tightness, so he was out. Steve Nash back in Phoenix, making the magic happen, breaking Suns' hearts in the city where he starred as a player. And they come all the way back and win that game. Phoenix just completely shutting down at the end of the game, PK. They didn't score in the last two and a half minutes. 248 without a point. You know, I'm going to be listening to Satellite today. I ain't going to be listening to Phoenix Radio when I go to the gym. I know what they're going to be talking about, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you don't want to hear them? Wait a minute. You love negativity and pain and suffering and misery. Why don't you want to hear this? I get uh, you don't want to hear an hour of it, but, you know, like yeah. 10 minutes of this. Yeah, Who are they blaming? Here. They're going to be talking about it all day. What else do they have to talk about? Right. Who are they blaming? Whose fault is this? How did this happen? Well, I was texting somebody from Los Angeles uh, late last night around 11 o'clock, and he says, I blame Chris Paul. I blame everything on Chris Paul. He's a gagger. <laughs> and he recites all the things yeah, right? he's lost. I said, okay, well, yeah, you got me there. Now, I didn't want to say, hey, yeah, time for me to go to bed, but uh, – so you know, they'll dissect that thing every which way. You know, you, they got a 24-point lead in the second half. That's a lot, and that's a that's a big-time gag. I can't uh, just blow that off and say, ah, well, it happens. It's a little too too much to just, ah, that's the NBA. It happens. I can't really accept that in this circumstance. You'll go 10, maybe 15, but not 24. You've drawn a line. In the second half? I'm, I'd be more uh, open to it in the first half. But in the second yeah, I half... Think, yeah, nah. I think once it gets to 20, it always bugs me. I mean, there are more possessions in the first half, so I get your point, but it, it would still bug me. It can bug you, but we've it's not that unusual. 24 in the second half is unusual. Uh, elsewhere, the Lakers labored but beat the Timberwolves. LeBron went for 30 points, 13 rebounds, and 7 assists. So, Lakers... Pick up a half game on the idle jazz there. Is it too early to turn into a pennant race? Will I bother you if I do that? I mean, I'm probably going to do it no matter what you there, say. There's no such things as pennant races Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Uh, that's that's an old phrase that doesn't exist. Jazz are a game and a half up on the Lakers after the Lakers win and beat Minnesota. Anytime the Lakers go home, they always get fired up. <laughs> the Lakers go home. What was that? That was, uh, what, 60 years ago now? <laughs> it's amazing. That, to me, the Timberwolves have replaced the, have replaced the Kings as the NBA's most consistent joke. 7-21. and 21. They've got the worst record in the NBA. A little extenuating thir- circumstances with Carl Anthony Towns missing so many games with COVID, but nonetheless, the worst record. No, he's back now. Uh, Blazers beat the Thunder. Damian Lillard went off. He had 31 points, 10 assists. Hit a few outrageous shots. So Portland gets the win. They pass Phoenix for fourth in the West. I guess we should watch... 
that battle for four and five. Actually, they're tied. They're identical records, 17 and 10. And that puts them one game in front of San Antonio and two in front of Denver. Yeah, Portland's another. I mean, they have two starters out. It, it just, just doesn't matter, man. you got to find ways to win games. And Portland, they've done just like I thought they would. They've done fine without those guys. Denver Nuggets got 43 from Nikola Jokic, and it didn't matter. They got beat by the Boston Celtics 112-99. to They did, needed someone to go with the Joker, and, and nobody did. Well, I think Murray did. Uh, but Millsap was out, and they just – their bench doesn't give you anything, much of anything. I mean, they, they've got a couple injuries, plus the guys that they've lost in the offseason. They just don't really have much of a bench. 14 points off the bench, not enough. Yeah. Got outscored 30-14. to 14. Yeah. Uh, Timberwolves guard D'Angelo Russell undergoing arthroscopic surgery. A loose body in his left knee. Expected to be out four to six games. He's already missed three. Celtic star Jason Tatum said he's still dealing with the after effects of COVID-19 more than a month after he initially tested positive for the virus. He says, I think it messes with your breathing a little bit. I have experienced some games where I don't want to say I was struggling to breathe, but you know, you get fatigued a lot quicker than normal. Just running up and down the court a few times. It's easier to get out of breath or tired a lot faster. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Big game in the Mountain West. Utah State, Boise State. Utah State's 11-2. Boise State's 12-3. So Utah State percentage points in front of the Broncos in the race for first place in the Mountain West Conference. Game tips at 7 o'clock. You can watch it on the CBS Sports Network. Scotty G will have the full play-by-play coverage beginning at 6.30 on 12.80 The Zone. Aggies have had a little bit of a, a layoff here, PK. Uh, having the game canceled in Fresno, and then the next week Wyoming didn't want to play. So they were playing pretty well. It'll be interesting to see if they've uh, if they got it coming back. They're 14-5. They're 11-2 in conference. Well, name me a team who hasn't had a layoff. Boise State. I don't know if they have or they haven't. Uh, if they haven't had any games missed, that would just be. Oh uh, no, they've had awesome. a game. They 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 have missed a game because they're at 15 yeah. games, so they missed one along the way somewhere. Uh, and now they're going to allow 900 fans into Taco Bell Arena. The drama of the fans talking to someone close to Utah State last night. Boise State just gets under their skin. They hate him with a passion. Yeah. It's technically extra mile. Yeah, it's now. been renamed. Come on. Well, he called it Taco Bell Arena. It so still should be Taco Bell Arena, in my opinion. <laughs> and why is that? If Taco Bell's not right in the chat. I want a, I want a crunch wrap. Yeah. I, I, I am a former employee of Taco Bell. Didn't some uh, middle-aged woman hit on you at some party and creep you out at a Taco Bell Christmas party? She was all over me, like white on rice. And how? And this is when you were like twenty or something. Uh, it's probably eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, and I just said, you know, sweetheart, maybe if you got your teeth fixed. No, oh, but even then, she was the manager, and it's a little bit of alcohol-induced. Uh, Situation and I had enough brains to know, yeah, not no, happening. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 DJ PK. Hashtag college football. Florida Gators coach Dan Mullen, former University of Utah quarterbacks coach, Dan Mullen demurred when asked about his potential addition jumping in the NFL at some point, saying, I'll address it this way. I think a lot of people are trying to figure out what the future of college football is going to hold and what's it going to look like going forward. I love being here at the University of Florida. I think we have a great program. We have a great fan base, great history, the opportunity to be a championship program every single year. I think there are concerns with coaches regarding what the future of college football is going to look like. I think there's a lot of uncertainty that we're trying to figure out right now to see what our futures are going to hold. Man, that's a long way to say, well, we'll see. Right? Yeah, but I, I get he's young enough. Why would he slam the door? And I, I mean... He shouldn't be looking around leaving Florida because he's got a great job, but it's college football. Florida could fire him, and he can want to go to the NFL. So why issue some gotcha College statement? football, it could be the guy at the shoe store and anything in between. Why would anybody say, well, I'm not going to do that? You don't know what's going to happen. Right. So I don't begrudge him. You just say, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'm the coach right now. I love this job, and 
We're trying to prepare for spring ball or whatever it is that's on the agenda for today, and away you go. Who knows what's going to happen six months, ten months, ten years from now. Yeah. I mean, this, this is like, okay, fine. Was there some rumor about him? Why did he get asked about this? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe because of Urban, I guess. It's a topic. He's in Florida. Urban's in Jacksonville. It was his pre-spring ball press conference, so, yeah. American Football Coaches Association asked the NCAA Rules Committee to take up the issue of players faking injuries. The current rule says if a clock is stopped for an injury, the injured player has to go to the sideline and sit out one snap before he's eligible to return. I hadn't noticed a big problem with players faking injuries, but I guess it could change that to three plays or five plays. I mean, that stuff would usually happen at the end of a game, and if there aren't that many plays left, you're not going to want to miss five of them. I think he should be kicked out of school and their scholarships immediately <laughs> revoked. TJ and PK, you're questionable. Hashtag NFL. We've had some some contact. You know, it's it's you know it's early in the stages. I think you know he's having. Uh, we obviously know his skill set and what he's meant to the Texans. Having played against him twice, um, the type of player he is. Uh, so we'll you know we'll just kind of see how it goes. Like a lot of these guys that you know that are coming available you know, over the next uh, few weeks. That's Titans general manager John Robinson saying they've been in contact. With J.J. Watt, who apparently there's a link with him to Cleveland. I assume everybody who's a playoff team, there'll be a link to J.J. Watt. Why would he go to a rebuilding team? Go, go somewhere where you can be a third-down pass rushing specialist or something. Take a little less money. Play for a winner. So you've got him as just a part-time player? Yeah, I think so. I mean, his sacks are down, and I would think that that is uh, – maybe it's because – He's getting doubled and nobody else can play, but I mean, he's, he's had some injuries. I don't know that he's as explosive as he's been. You tend to take a beating at that position over the course of your career. I mean, he could be a, you know, a you know, once-in-a-generation player like Reggie White or something and be really productive into his mid-30s, but I wouldn't think he's out there signing some big Reggie four-year... Reggie White's the go-to guy, isn't he? He really is. But, <laughs> and I just don't think he's that because Reggie White's off the charts. So okay. yeah, I would think I would think uh, you know more of a part-time role here. You know, you, you get two defensive ends, put them in some you know three-man rotation. But we'll see. What do I know? Carolina Panthers released two-time All-Pro defensive tackle Kawan Short after he suffered back-to-back season-ending shoulder injuries in 2019 and 2020, limiting him to just five games played over two years. And projected top overall pick Trevor Lawrence underwent surgery to repair the labrum in his left shoulder, which is his non-throwing shoulder. He posted on social media, media that surgery went great and he's excited to rehab. So I guess so he Lawrence had labrum leaves no doubt. There it is. The Lawrence labrum is in great shape. Lovely. And the five-year-old girl who was in critical condition after being injured in an accident by Britt Reed, son of Chiefs head coach Andy Reed. She has woken up from the coma she was in. Reed remains under investigation for the accident. His contract with the Chiefs expired after the Super Bowl. So, good news that she has uh, come out of the coma. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Tim Reynolds, NBA writer for the Associated Press, joins us next. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, is here at 9 on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Jerry Signer Cadillac. At Jerry Signer Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. Tim Reynolds, NBA writer for the Associated Press, is going to join us here momentarily. Talk with him about the Jazz and the Clippers and the Western Conference race. 
Jazz have won 19 out of 20. Got the question of the day up, and you can uh, hit this up on Facebook or on Twitter. You think anybody on this team is playing below or above their capability? Is this sustainable, in other words, PK? That's another way to say it. Is anybody off the charts here? Out of their tree? Well, a couple of things come to mind in that regard. I mean, I think Joe Ingles is playing the best he's ever played. He's so reluctant to talk about it. It's just not his personality. We know and respect that. And I think at times Clarkson is just about a thousand times better than I thought he could ever be. Definitely better than when he got here. I don't think there's any question uh, coming here. I, I'd, I'd seen him play, so I knew he was uh, instant offense off the bench, but I didn't know. I, I think he's got a high basketball IQ, and he's proven to be really coachable, and I didn't know he's going to be capable of doing all the stuff he's doing. His catch-and-shoot three, I always viewed him as a guy, probably played a lot of one-on-one and two-on-two, you know, just beating people off the dribble and turning and twisting and hitting these shots. None of that surprised me. But that he has fit in. You know, when he got here, the bench was struggling so bad. It was like, just just give him the ball and get out of the way because whatever he gets is more you were going to get from the bench. But he just he fits in the offense so well. I, I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, I didn't know anything was going to happen. I had no idea how he was going to play. I mean, it didn't matter what he did in Los Angeles and Cleveland. It was only going to matter how he was going to play here. And I can't say I could have predicted any of this. And so he's just been the most pleasant surprise of them all. And then sometimes he's way beyond that, as yeah. recently as the very last ball game. He's absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, I used to, uh, but- with the uh, Cougars, I used to w- – w- uh, try to mark when they would tell us about John Beck and Zach Wilson. Now, here on the broadcast, when are they going to bring up the six-man award? <laughs> <laughs> Replacing Zach driving to California. Yeah. DJ PK, it's time to bring in Tim Reynolds, NBA writer for the Associated Press. Tim, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. So, we wanted to have you on as a guy who... Uh, covers the NBA, uh, assess the West and the Jazz and how things are going, because you can imagine there's a little bit of excitement around this team. I, I, I would think there's probably um, a little bit more than a little. Right. I would even I would allow Jazz fans to go to medium excitement okay. at this point. They're um, there. I would allow them to go that far. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're, you're really good. You've got a really good basketball team. And, and I'll tell you this, and I've written about this in, in, in past years. In fact, I even asked Quinn about it once, and he kind of rolled his eyes at me. Quinn's teams get better as the year goes along. And, and if that doesn't make the West a little bit more nervous, um, it should. <laughs> it really should. There's just there, – there isn't, there isn't a weakness. Now, I, I also – and I'm going to – just throwing myself at the mercy of you guys here. I don't think there's an all-star starter on that team. I don't think that's going to be a big surprise. The, the strength is the balance. There's it, it, there's an unselfishness about them that they remind me very much of of the Heat teams that were here in those four years with LeBron and Chris and Dwayne. Maybe not in the certainly the 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 national noticing, the national buzz, um, which means nothing, by the way. But those teams were successful because nobody cared who did what on a given night. Nobody cares that Jordan Clarkson comes off and scores 40. Nobody cares that Rudy does this some night. Nobody cares that Joe does this some night. Nobody cares when Donovan does his thing. That's what you need to be elite, and that's what Quinn has. That's what the Jazz have built, and that's why 23-5 and you know, I don't know if they're going to play 800 basketball the rest of the way, uh, but this is no joke. They are real, and they are very much a contender to win the whole thing. And as I was watching basketball, and I watch it every night for you know, obviously for uh, work purposes and just personal enjoyment. Anyway, I'm thinking that so much of this has been viewed as a negative that they don't have that all-star starter, as you phrase it. 
But actually, when you think about it and step back, the fact that they're, they've won all these ball games without that is the strength and is the positive, meaning that it can be. Mitchell's your guy who's probably going to lead you in scoring most nights. But the other night, they had four guys score at least 25. So to me, it shouldn't be viewed as a negative. It should be viewed as a positive. Oh, 100%. 100%. Now, there's, of course, there's two ways to look at it, right? There's, from the opposition standpoint, what and who do you take away on the Jazz roster? I mean, it's, what, what can you do? If you take away A, B is going to get you. If you take away B, C is going to get you. If you take away C and D, A and B are going to go crazy. It's, so it's a nightmare to game plan for an unselfish basketball team. Now, what the next thing is going to be, what the next complaint about the Jazz will be, is you look at this run. What are they, what's it, 18 out of 19 or 19 out of 20? 19 to 20, yeah. 19 to 20. Most of those games, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I mean, I've, I've watched them. They've all pretty much all been by double digits, right? So watch what the next thing will be. The next time the Jazz are in a close game, who does Quinn go to? Who's the go-to guy in those situations? That will be the next hurdle. That will be the next complaint. The next time the Jazz are in a close game and they don't win. And it will happen. You will lose a close game at some point this season. That will be the next complaint. The Jazz don't have a go-to guy because people will draw conclusions off one game. Look, they know what they have. I think Smart fans know what they have. I know this league knows what's going on out there. Um, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And when they do announce the All-Star starters tomorrow night, for a game that hasn't technically been announced yet, by the way, I mean, I think Quinn can coach, Quinn can clinch the coaching job, I think, tonight. If they beat the Clippers, I think Quinn is locked in to be the All-Star coach for a game that hasn't technically been announced. Enjoy that. Enjoy those. Enjoy the fact that you don't have an all-star starter and that your strength is in numbers, and that's how you win in this league. Okay, that is uh, how you win. But when it gets time to win the biggest games, and I agree with you that the you know the national hype isn't there, and that doesn't matter. But the all-star starters tend to be a reflection of playoff success the last few years, and the, usually you have to have some playoff success before you can win it all. It's the rare team that lost in the first round. I think the Warriors having lost in the second round and then going to win the championship was unusual. So for a team to come off back-to-back first-round losses, um, I know the Mavericks had a lot of first-round problems. They'd have to look back when they won it. It just doesn't happen very often. So do you worry about not having that go-to guy in the biggest moment when you get to the biggest games in the playoffs? No, because you have. we all know you have the go-to guy. Right, I mean, we all saw what Donovan did in the bubble last year. I mean, if, if people are going to say the Jazz haven't been to the conference finals and whatever, the Jazz haven't been to the finals and whatever, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really. I, I don't think any of that stuff matters to me. I mean, remember Anthony Davis couldn't win until he won. You know, I mean, even LeBron, LeBron couldn't win until he won. Um, it's it, it's a. I, I don't buy into it really at all that you need that past success or even to get to the brink and feel that pain before you can get there. Um, You know, Joe Ingles has played international basketball at the highest level forever. You know, Rudy has been, you know, part of Olympic runs and World Cup runs. These guys know what the pressure cooker is. They do. They absolutely do know. And, you know, I would expect that, you know, I would expect that, that Quinn and Dennis and, and the decision-makers out there, I, I would think you're going to add a piece. I would think you're not going to sit idly. I mean, it, it's it's not like you need something, but if everyone else is going to add, if every other contender is going to add, you feel compelled to. So you bring in another vet who's been there, another good guy for the locker room and that sort of thing. And, and, the, and, and the issue takes care of itself. I, I don't think just to be clear what I was saying, that there isn't a question that you guys I mean, Donovan is the go to guy. He absolutely is. And and you can get on his back and he will carry you in a playoff. But, but the best part about the Jazz is he doesn't have to do that. That's what's great. I mean, he signed that massive contract last summer and jumped into the pool and ruined that pair of sneakers by jumping into the pool with his shoes on. But he hasn't played as though 
he's got this burden on him of he has to live up to a contract. He's sort of been the same Donovan you know, from what I have seen. That's exactly what you want if you're Utah. What level of action do you expect as far as player movement here in the next few weeks? You know, I, I'm kind of in the minority on this one. I think there will be some. I mean, you're already seeing you know the rumor mills out there, and obviously, you know, the Andre Drummond situation is public. The Blake Griffin situation is public. Um, someone will trade for Andre Drummond. Um, he's a young, very good, big, and expiring. Uh, the Pistons will have to buy out Blake Griffin at some point because nobody's going to trade for that contract. And I do think in the right spot, Blake could be, you know, if he if he's healthy, Blake could be a good fit off the bench in a lot of places. But I think broadly, I don't think there's going to be, I don't think there's going to be dozens and dozens and dozens of guys on the move because remember, we have an expanded playoff now in this league. It might just be one game, but Going to 10 teams, going to 10 teams in each conference, technically getting in. This, this play-in series is going to have more teams. It's going to do for the NBA what the wild card originally did for baseball. Teams that would be out of the race, that team in 13th, that is nine games out of eight, they're not going to be out of the race anymore because they're only going to be three or four games behind 10th, and they're going to feel like we still have a chance to get in. So I don't know if a lot of teams will be selling. And you can't have tons of buyers without tons of sellers. So I, I don't think there's going to be wild movement. I think your elite teams will look to add a piece. You know, Drummond will be the big name that gets moved. I don't think any of I, – I don't – put it this way, guys. I'd be really surprised if there was, like, some sort of blockbuster that we didn't see coming, some huge name getting moved. I'd be really surprised if that happened this year. Do you see something that the Clippers and Lakers want to add? Because obviously those are the two teams Jazz fans are watching closely. you see an obvious move for those clubs? Yeah, oh, I did see an obvious move for the Clippers, and I'm surprised they didn't get Derrick Rose. Uh, you know, Derrick Rose, his, you know, his agent is based in L.A. I think he still has a home out there. They need a backup point guard, and they need a backup wing. Um, so I was very surprised that they didn't get more seriously into the Derrick Rose talks. I mean, Derrick wanted to go to New York. Not that that ultimately matters. Um, I mean, if, if Detroit got a better offer from the Clippers, he'd probably be a Clipper right now. So I do think they'll look to add a backup point. Um, the Lakers situation is, is unusual, guys, in that you have LeBron, so you're fine because he plays like every position. Um, the Anthony Davis situation is what you watch out there. They're, you know, Woe just saying two, three weeks. The Lakers are just saying, you know, the Lakers haven't come out and said that, I don't think, officially yet. Um, they're just saying, you know, it's a strain. He's being evaluated. The longer that situation goes, then the Lakers have to decide, do we want a complimentary piece? Do we want another another backup point guard type? Do we need another vet like, like, like Rondo? Rondo was so big for that team last year. Do you need someone like him again? Or can we really count on Anthony Davis to log big minutes? Remember, and guys, these games are rapid fire this year. Everybody's playing every other day. So can he play big minutes without a lot of recovery time, or do we need to lighten his load when he comes back and bring in another big? I think the Lakers are going to have to think long and hard about what they're going to do. They're going to add someone, but the question is, will they add another, another perimeter guy, or do they add a big? Do they find a way? Somehow, some way to bring in Andre Drummond. Do they find, do they put themselves in, I, I don't know how they do it. They don't have that many tradable assets for that kind of contract. I don't know how it would happen. Um, but do they get into that mix somehow? So for the Clippers, it's going to be a backup point guard without question. For the Lakers, it sort of depends on AD. So from the Jazz perspective, to get where they want to go, they're going to have to go through Los Angeles. And it may be two teams, it may be one team, but it looks like most definitely they're going to have to go through them. How do you think that they match up when all, all three teams are healthy as far as that goes? I mean, I, I, think, I don't think there's a matchup out there for Utah that's bad. I, I, I truly don't. I mean, you have the elite guard. You have, you know elite bench play this year. You have the elite rim protector. So on the surface, there isn't a bad matchup, right, for them. What you're hoping, if you're the Jazz, I think what you're hoping more than anything else 
is that the standings right now, one, two, three, stay there. You don't want to play both L.A. teams. You'd like to see the L.A. teams beat each other up in the Western Conference semifinals. That's what you want. You want to play the Spurs or the Blazers or the Nuggets or the Suns in the second round. You don't want to have to go through both the Lakers and the Clippers. Let them slug it out. Let whoever emerges from that series come into the Western Conference final a little bit wounded. I think that's what you're hoping for if you're Utah. But there's, you know, matchup-wise, the Lakers are a matchup nightmare for everybody because they have LeBron. And he's still, you know, Giannis is the two-time MVP. LeBron is still a top two or three MVP candidate in this league, if not top one. And I still call him the best player, even at age 36, even in year 18. I still think he's the best player, and we all saw last year. When you dangle a championship in front of him, that guy finds another way to raise his game, as crazy as that sounds. I I don't think the Jazz have to worry about it. There's no one you point to and say they're a bad matchup because the Jazz have everything. But there's a lot of teams that have everything. The Clippers, to me, will go into the playoffs with the most approved just because of the history, because of Paul George's history in the postseason, because of you know all these 3-1 leads. Can you finally break through? They're going to have to bear that weight. They will, they'll act like it won't matter. They'll say it won't matter. It will absolutely matter. So the Clippers are going to go into the playoffs with some baggage. The Lakers will go into the playoffs with some baggage because they're the defending champions. LeBron only has a few years left. They know that it's not a forever thing. They're paying all this money. Take advantage of your championship window right now. To me, the Jazz are going to go into the playoffs, if healthy, very footloose and fancy-free and say, listen, there's no pressure on us. They, they could be the one seed, guys. They could be the one. They could be the overall one seed. No one's still going to believe they're good enough to win it, and that's a very good position to be in when you don't have to carry that pressure. So, assuming they are able to hold on to the one seed, and you, you know, you make the point about not wanting to have to play both the LA teams. Is there anybody in the West that either? Uh, by improving the way you said Quinn Snyder teams always improve, or by one of these acquisitions, is there anybody in the West that, can, or maybe getting healthy guys, getting guys back healthy, that can make that jump and be a fourth team and be on on relatively the same plane as as the Jazz, Lakers, and Clippers? Well, I, I still think Portland, when healthy and when right, is they're a very scary group. I mean, look, they really haven't been whole much this year, and they're seven or eight games over five hundred. Um, you know, they've had questions at the five, you know, it, 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 they're still there. And, and one of these years, Dame and CJ are going to be in, become even a tougher out. They're a tough out now. I think they could be a team that gets very scary. Um, Denver is going to figure it out. You see signs. Denver's, Denver's playing better. They're obviously missing a bunch of guys right now. You know, they have another guy who's elite. They have a guy who does everything. Uh, um, as Eric Spolster calls them, a Swiss Army you know, in Jokic. But the one team I point to and say, if they went out and made a big move, I'm telling you, Golden State, as much as people don't want to hear it, I think Steph's playing the best ball of his life right now. Steve Kerr is proven in the postseason. If the Warriors go out and add a piece, I don't know who it would be. There's a lot of teams in the West that can get really good. The West playoffs, look, the there's not an easy matchup for anybody. There won't be. Um, the West playoffs are going to be just hideous. They're going to be bloody. They are absolutely going to be bloody because there are a lot of good teams that could get really scary depending on how aggressive they want to get by adding the guys to deadline. He's Tim Reynolds, writes for the Associated Press, covering the NBA. Tim, thanks for coming on. A million opinions, a lot of stuff to consider. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Tim Reynolds, NBA writer for the AP right there. PK, no pressure. I know, that's, right? That's, <laughs> like, well, it sounds good, <laughs> but I'm not sure that I buy it. But it sounds good. Well, you could go that way, and you can make a, a compelling case. It's not like Tim is just completely up in the night. Uh, in that way because no one's going to be picking them so there's something to be said for that no one is going to be picking them because it's even now yeah 19 to 20 yeah but and we've talked about that yeah but and that yeah but is going to have a day of reckoning and they're going to have to answer for it one way or the other 
And that's a great thing, as we've said about pro sports. It's not a beauty contest. It's if you you want the praise, you want all the accolades, well, win, and you'll get them all. And it doesn't matter where you are in this league. You can be in the smallest, you can be in the biggest. Now, maybe you get more along the way if you're in the biggest because everyone's chasing ratings. The whole idea of media is about entertainment and to make as much money as you can get. And if you don't think that's the truth, you know, you're naive. So... I understand that along the process, but you can look at, all right, yeah, everyone's looking at the Lakers and then the Clippers, and so they're not really looking at you. But then you can look at, man, people have doubted you all year. Now's your chance. What are you going to do about it? And I don't know how these guys will respond in that way because none of them have been in this situation as an NBA player to where there's a level of expectation that clearly has ratcheted up. Are you going to be able to meet that? Now, I don't think that it's winning the title or you're a disgrace. I, 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 don't, I don't see that. You know, if you blow a 3-1 lead in the final, that's another story. But you could have a great playoff run without winning the title. So in that way, there's not as much pressure. Well, LeBron at 36, it's either last team standing or nothing for him. Right. There's really no in-between. There's no gray area whatsoever. And really for the Clippers, too, I think you can put them at that level because uh, Kawhi Leonard has been there and Paul George has had repeated playoff failures. And if you have another one, you know, Paul George, he ought to be talking to Clayton Kershaw just about every day. How you handle this? <laughs> because the parallels between these two guys, you know, being really, really good, but then at the biggest moments not coming through, well, Kershaw got rid of that uh, this past season here with the World Series and all that stuff. So there's pressure there that is more than I believe is on the Jazz. Yes, and I think also there's something to be said in the NBA. You know, in a seven-game series, do you feel the pressure right away because you can lose a game or two and bounce back? But if you win that first game or two, how much pressure is on you? You know, when the other, you know, let's say the Clippers, right? Paul George has that storyline, and if the Jazz win game one and game two at home, is there that much pressure? I mean, there'll be some. There's always some, but is there really that much? Yeah, and then I think when the ball goes up on the first tip, as you say, that it's time to play ball, and you shouldn't be worrying about this or that. You should be, you should be focused in the moment right there to succeed, so then that pressure becomes... Uh, David David Shaw said a thing one time on the field after a game. Pressure is not a real thing. It's not a tangible thing. Right. It's And so don't get swallowed up in it because you decide. If you decide there's none, well, then there is none. If you decide there's a ton, well, there is a ton. It's not like a... It's not a third and four where you need yeah. four yards. You need a tangible four yards to get a first down. Pressure doesn't work that way. Pressure really, and I've heard athletes say this, pressure is opportunity. There's pressure. Well, you got to, if you're going to do this, that means you have a chance to do it. So it's really how you view it. You know, you can view it as a piano on your back and then you can try to run your, you know, <laughs> run the race. But you can also view it as it's opportunity. Sweet, I got a chance to do this. And I think if you view it that way, it's less likely to bug you and you're more likely to be able to come through. You know, the pass, the free throw, the shot, you know, defensive stand, whatever it is. All right, DJ and PK, uh, your reaction to Tim Reynolds, you know, the whole thought that uh, everybody out there doubts the Jazz. Well, not everybody does. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a pretty, uh, pretty strong uh, storyline for the Jazz there out of Tim. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The Jazz are becoming that showpiece. The Jazz are becoming the party. Everybody barbecues a bunch of stuff and gets together for the Super Bowl, and it's a lot of fun because it's the show. That's what the Jazz are becoming. It's an event now. It's an event. Must watch TV. They play a style of basketball that not only is winning a lot of games for them right now, but, you know, the old pick-and-roll, boring Jazz teams that won a lot of games, but some people across the country, it's just boring basketball. Well, this is not boring basketball. Yeah, back to the basket, dribble the clock out, take the yeah. shot. That's not. That is not this team. I mean, cranking forty to forty-five threes a game—that's going to get people's attention really quickly. Hanson Scotting weekdays from ten to two on 97.5, 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK is brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's New Year's special continues through February. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of this month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. Well, PK, we just had uh, Tim Reynolds on, NBA writer for the Associated Press. I think the thing he said that uh, I most bought into, that I most thought watching this team play, is that the uh, the front office and a combination of who the front office has acquired, draft, trade, you know, uh, free agent signing, whatever, uh, who they've acquired, and then the development, the way they've filled out guys' skill sets. The Jazz have an answer for everything, right? So many guys can pass, so many guys can shoot. They got a couple guys who can block shots and protect the rim, and and who can dunk in a pick and roll. And so there's there's always there's always an option there, and and so. I, I buy that, and that is the, the strength of the team, is there's no obvious way to defend these guys. And there's also, I think sometimes with a team, you have to take a guy with a, uh, I don't want to go on movies on you, a particular set of skills, uh, who isn't well-rounded, but you need the help off the bench, so you just you get them and you just go with what they do and let them do their thing for the 5 to 10 to 15 minutes, whatever it is you think you need. And that's great, but it can kind of be it's, – it's a little bit of a cul-de-sac and a dead end at times. And the Jazz haven't had to do that. I mean, they, we, we've seen them sub guys in and the injuries you were talking about earlier in the hour. You know, they have enough guys with, with similar skill sets that if they miss a ball handler, they got two other ball handlers. If they miss a three-point shooter, they got other three-point shooters. Now, they don't have anybody who protects the rim the way Rudy does. You know, Favors does it, but not to the same level. And then if Favors has to come off the floor, then there's, you know, because he can't play 48 minutes if Rudy's out, then there's a really big drop-off. So that, I mean, that's the one place maybe the Jazz get hurt down the line. But otherwise, it seems like they got all that stuff covered. So to go to the question you put up, who's playing above, if is anyone playing below or above his capability, I guess the one thing that jumps out at me watching all this balance is largely the answer is no. I think these guys are who they are. But if there's one that jumps out at me, Joe is shooting the ball freakishly well. And is that sustainable? Is Joe going to shoot 51% for the year? And if you'd offered me that at the start of the year, I'd have to say no. I mean, we all think he's a good shooter because he's done it for so long, but 51% is a huge number. The 44% from three is a little on the high end, but he has been in that ballpark before. And because there's so many shooters, he's getting good shots. So maybe a little bit there. But other than that, these guys are pretty much who they are. Yeah, I don't think they have an answer for LeBron. So I don't think they have an answer for everything. No, they have an answer for how they get defended. Uh, but having an answer for LeBron? No, I don't think anybody has an answer for LeBron. I think the answer for LeBron is, is the rest of the team good enough to do it because LeBron can't do it every possession. You know, you can't play at the highest level offensively on every possession for 80, 90 possessions in a game. If he has enough to get him within, if he, what he and Jordan have in common is if they have enough around them to get them within sight of the finish line, they're going to get across the finish line. The question is, do they have enough to get that close to the finish? Well, he's answered the question virtually every year, yes. <laughs> Four championships. <laughs> well, it's also trips to the finals. Yep. Five because more. The, the Lakers don't have to win the title to eliminate the Jazz. And so, really, if they eliminate the Jazz, from the Jazz perspective, who cares if they win the title? So, that, it's not about the title relative to LeBron and the Jazz, since they're in the same conference. So it doesn't matter. So I have to see. Maybe they do have an answer. Maybe I shouldn't say they don't have an answer. I retract that. I don't know if they have an answer. I cannot say they have an answer to everything. And even from the offensive perspective, I can't say that against LeBron and his guys. I don't know that. So I take that back and saying I instead of saying they don't have an answer, they I'm may advise that they, and say maybe that and that's the beauty of it. That's the great thing that I hope we get an opportunity to figure out and see for ourselves. That's what it's all about. I'm a sports fan. That's all I am. And that 
excites me as an opportunity to be able to watch that because that presents all sorts of intrigue. It may end up the way we thought it was going to end up all along where the king is the king and so forth. Uh, But I believe they've got an opportunity. They've got the best opportunity that they've had uh, since, well, LeBron's only been there a year or two. Uh, So, again, you know, since – but as far as the Jazz go, it's obviously the best opportunity since – Williams and O'Kerr, and then going back uh, to the statues, clearly. And this team is so intriguing because if they do that, they can they can outscore you. That's what's crazy is that, you know, all this emphasis for years has been on defense, but they had the ability to outscore you. And so I appreciate how they've evolved, and they haven't stayed stuck in a way, we're going to do it this way, damn it, and uh, if you don't like it, you're – Screw you. Well, okay, you want to have basic defensive principles because you're going to need stops. There's no question you'll need stops. You haven't needed a whole lot of stops in these games because, as uh, we said, the streak of 19 to 20, you've won by an average of 17 points. So you you don't need a whole lot of stops. But we know the postseason is a drastically different animal, and you will need stops. And so can they get those stops? Well, I think they can. And offensively, you're going to need buckets, obviously. And can they get them? Well, I'm way more sure of that because I don't see a situation where they're coming down the floor and usually they have four perimeter shooters on the floor most of the time. Occasionally they play uh, Favors and Gobert together, but not nearly as much as they did uh, a couple years ago before Favors took off. So are all of those guys going to be missing buckets at the same time, missing shots? Probably not. No, that's the great thing. And then I think you have the great equalizer in Mitchell who can do a whole lot of stuff to make you look better in addition to making himself look awesome. Outscoring people, we've just seen that here in the last uh, couple of weeks. We've seen them give up 120 points and yet win by double digits. And we've seen them do it twice. They just did it the other night against the Sixers, and they did it to the Hornets uh, a couple weeks ago. So that that's pretty remarkable when you think giving up 120 yeah. points and yet you still win by double digits. That's exciting basketball. Going back to that uh, promo that they're playing from Scotty and Hands is that they are playing fun basketball. It's fun to watch. No knock against the statues, but this version, in terms of the fun meter, seems to be much higher. At least it is for me. Everybody's got their own opinion on that, and yours is just as valid as mine. So. Uh, I enjoy watching this. This is fun hoops for me. I, I'd much rather see this than the grind it out. Now, I don't want to see all-star games where it's 182 to 178 or something. That's over the top. But I do like a little offense. It's like baseball. I can enjoy the, the 10 to 8 game, but I don't want a consistent 21 to 19 game. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. A lot of your answers. Jazz have uh, won 19 out of 20. Who do you think, if anybody, is playing below or above his capability? We will get to that next. Stay with us.